All right. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Demarketing Podcast, where we help regular businesses grow their online presence so they can get more customers. So I am looking forward to today's episode. Uh, today, I'm joined by my guest, DeAndre Wilson. DeAndre, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thank you for having me. All right. Well, glad to have you and uh, look forward to getting your insights on marketing and what you're doing to grow your business and grow your influence. So um, let's start. Just uh, tell me a little bit about where you're from. Absolutely. Um, I am, uh, like I say, DeAndre Wilson. Um, I am from Evansville, Indiana. So um, Evansville, Indiana is the third uh, largest city in the state. Um, we have a catering company named Turntable LLC. Uh, we recently started uh, catering officially uh, this year. Uh, prior to the business, we were doing a lot of market research. Uh, we were traveling, uh, figuring out what the needs are, uh, looking at our community and figuring out what we can do in catering or, or through catering uh, to help help our community. Uh, so that's what we do. We're, we're caterers from Evansville. Okay. Okay. So um, what got you interested in catering? Yeah. Yeah. So my business partner and I, um, we both went to college uh, for the same major, hospitality, uh, mm -hmm. except he had a longer term in culinary than I did. I just had a few classes. And, you know, he loved the culinary industry. That's what his calling was. So he took that on. I kept going with hospitality because I'm a people person. I, lo mm -hmm. I love to share an experience with, with others. Mm -hmm. um, and we said, you know what? How awesome would it be to start a catering company? And in that conversation, we, we found out that our community uh, was really a food desert. You know, we didn't have a variety of restaurants. We didn't have um, a whole lot of um, healthy options. We noticed that children were getting out of school and getting just these large bags of uh, candy and pop tarts and chips. And we just we said to ourselves, you know, that's not it's not good. Mm -hmm. um, it's not going to be beneficial for our community. So that motivated us to 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 keep going and keep striving to to complete the the company. And uh, here we are today, rocking and rolling. Okay, fantastic. So yeah. uh, tell me about. Um, you know, I, I think startup is a very interesting phase. And uh, tell me how you got, let's say, your first five customers. Absolutely. So, so in the startup phase, I tell you, I love the process. Oh my gosh, you learn, you grow, you fail, and you figure it out how to how to win again the next time. But basically, what what we did to join or to to gain our customer base is in year four of the company, we just gave food away for free. To, to keep doing market research. Uh, hmm. We participated in a, in a lot of uh, community events to get our name out there, to figure out what the needs were. Um, Jeff Gott, who is, who is my business partner and head chef, um, he doesn't make uh, what you're traditionally uh, used to. Um, our cuisine is American cuisine with an international twist. So when Jeff will provi provide food at these festivals and community events, at first, people were hesitant because, yes, um, we have fish tacos, but he had a mango watermelon 
um, dressing on the the fish tacos. Nice. So yeah, so that kind of took people, you know, by surprise a little bit. Or the sauce he would make would be, uh, oh my gosh, I don't even know how to explain it. You can tell I'm not the head chef, but um, it was definitely something that you wasn't used to. Yeah. Um, but again, that market research was important for us. So we were able to get our customers for number one, you're giving out free food. Who's going to turn that down overall? Right, right. So we were giving them out. And then that, when they got to know us, they were trying the food. We developed that relationship. Now they're just hooked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So really when it comes down to it now, of course you were, you were gathering data, you know, during this process, but yeah. um, really when it comes down to it, you started with free. That was how you started yeah. uh, developing those relationships. And did you say that was mostly with nonprofits or was it, uh, what kind of venues was that at? So there was a nonprofit called Patchwork Central located, of course, in Evansville that we partnered with them and they let us use their kitchen space to conduct this research, to give out free food, to grow relationships, get our name out there. All that was happening right there in that kitchen. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So really a very symbiotic relationship there uh, with a nonprofit yeah. to kind of get your for-profit up off the ground. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Great. Cool. Well, um, tell me a little bit more about why, you know, from your, from your LinkedIn bio and so forth, it's apparent that, you know, Evansville means something to you. Why, why does it matter to you? Well, Evansville matters to me because, you know, I was born and raised. This is this is my hometown. And I want to see Evansville be better, be great. Um, we are the third, like I said, we are the third largest city in the state. I think we can be second. And I think we can grow. I think we can attract uh, professionals uh, from all around. Uh, one of the issues in Evansville that I talked a little bit about, uh, we're still suffering from brain drain. And I see that that's going to be, I can kind of see in the future, that's going to be a major problem if we're not attracting and retaining talent uh, for our city. So I, we have to try, you know, all for-profits and nonprofits have to collaborate to try to, you know, help in that effort to, to stop that in some regard. I know we overall can't stop it, but maybe we can slow the process down. Yeah, yeah. So. Um... Yeah, good. So tell me, uh, kind of switching back to the the marketing element of things a bit more. Um, yeah. Tell me a little bit about. Okay, first of all, how old are you? I'm 26. Okay, so you're a you're a digital native, so to speak, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So what were um, what are the marketing uh, what are the platforms that you use primarily for your digital marketing? Absolutely. So for us, food. People eat with their eyes first. So right. we take full advantage of Facebook and Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, I remember we posted, I, I can't remember the exact food item it was, but we had a customer that posted on there and said, I wish I could have just eaten my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I, tried, I tried to grab it through the phone and I couldn't. Uh, so that right. means that we're taking excellent pictures. Uh, the food is being presented well in the picture. You can see everything, each layer. Um, so yeah, we take advantage of Instagram and, and Facebook. Now I tell you, Twitter is a little hard for us because on Twitter, they're expecting that, that audience, if you will, is expecting more of like an ingredients list with a mm -hmm. picture. 
and we could post that, but then that kind of takes time away from the day a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think once we're able to hire more staff, we will tap into that a little bit. Uh, but Facebook, Instagram, that that's where our customers are at. I mean, we're getting requests just in the uh, inbox for, hey, can you cater this? Can you come to this festival? Mm-hmm. That's not really happening on Twitter. So we're taking full advantage of Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, interesting. So, um, you know, it sounds like, you know, you're growing fairly organically, uh, kind of offline and online at the same time. Yeah. Uh, on, on Facebook and Instagram, are you running paid ads or is that just uh, just organic? It's both. We're doing both. So um, I will pay for an ad. I won't pay a whole lot for it. Um, one unique thing I did was it allowed, Facebook allows you to customize what will both platforms allow you to customize um, how you would like to market. So I went by the zip code and I took maybe 30 minutes out of my day um, and I typed in every single zip code um, mm. that Evans, that's, that's in Evansville. And so that now we're marketing to specific zip codes, not just the city or the state or counties. No, I, I'm channeling specific zip codes. Um, okay. So that's what we did, and it's actually working out for us. But, yes, we're going both. I'll pay for an ad and organically just post it and see what happens. Okay, interesting. So mm-hmm. um, how is your business structured? So let's say um, – you know, do you kind of just use your digital marketing as kind of just to kind of augment what you're doing offline or is it, would it be scalable all by itself to where you could spend a hundred thousand dollars on ads and that alone would propel you forward? Both. Yeah, no, absolutely. If we, if we had that, that budget, oh my gosh, we would put our best food pictures out there. We would put a few pictures of myself and the head chef out there um, yes, it would do wonders for us. Our marketing via the zip code that I touched on, um, we are getting specific people that said, Hey, I seen this here. Um, I was just chilling, you know, at home and it popped up on my feed. And, and so, yeah, if we had a budget like that, we would be able to tap into the surrounding counties of Evansville, but I just wouldn't type in the county. Like I wouldn't say Ward County. I would go a little deeper and say, what are the zip codes in Ward County? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you really, you really think that uh, entering in specific zip codes um, actually, like what does that actually do for you? Does it give you, um, you know, better ROI as far as more impressions or, uh, or why do you do that? I do that because, I mean, you make a great point. Yes, the impressions, they are right there. Um, really getting into what Facebook broke it down to say into specific households. Hmm. So, uh, okay, okay, very good. So, um, so tell me a little bit more about um, competitively. I'm sure there's other caterers around, even though you said you're kind of in a bit of a food desert there. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But obviously, there's other options for people. Um, what type of events do you mostly cater for? Um, right now, we've been catering uh, lunches. Uh, we did our first gala earlier this year. That was a success. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're just tap- we're just kind of tapping into uh, what are the needs of the industry. If someone wants us to do a lunch and we can provide it, we're there. Um, mm-hmm. If we can pr- if we can cater at a gala and pass hors d'oeuvres, hey, we're there. Yeah. Um, just trying to figure out our niche. Uh, per se. I mean, yeah, you can cater anything and, and be fine, but 
what is our niche? And what we're finding is that pop-ups are, are our niche market for us. Hmm. So, um, so, so tell me a little bit more about that. What is that like? Yeah, yeah. Pop-ups. So we, we've had a few pop-ups back to that not-for-profit Patchwork Central uh, where Turntable LLC will be at Patchwork Central from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. And we're serving, um, like in a pop-up. We have music playing. It's about creating an experience. Um, it's about creating positive energy where we're actually meeting with individuals that live in the zip code we're trying to serve. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, um, well, that actually, I guess, kind of answered my next question, which was, you know, what what is the process that you're following to become known, liked, and trusted in your community? And uh, would you say that the pop-up is the the primary method that you use, along, of course, with the other digital things? Or yeah. is it something yeah. else? Well, it, it, it is exactly that, but also just having a community presence. Mm-hmm. I think that's also helping us, you know, uh, putting boots on the ground, uh, attending as much as I can. Um, an interesting statistic that I, I read, um, it said that all catering, uh, no, it said uh, 33% of all catering business um, comes from just a caterer being in the room. Okay. So... <laughs> If I can just walk in a room and you see me wearing a turntable shirt or you recognize my face, chances are we're going to lock in the business right then and there. Interesting. Interesting. So, um, you know, and that that's different. That's really different across different industries, isn't it? Because if you think about, let's say, an insurance agent being in the room, um, you know, at your typical networking events and so forth. You know, they're probably not going to get a lot of business just for being in the room, right? Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Whereas in catering, uh, even though it's it's not an unusual business per se, mm-hmm. um, you're you know you're probably being intentional in your marketing in a way that's a little different than most caterers, right? I would say so. Yes. So so tell me now, when you say boots on the ground, presence in the community, are you talking about networking events? Are you talking about uh, you know nonprofit events? What does that look like for you? All of the above. I will attend as many events as I can without overdoing it because I also have to work. Right. Um, but yeah, we'll go to networking events, nonprofit events, um, community driven events, um, traveling town hall meetings. Uh, if I have the time to go, I'm going to go because I know I can walk away with a, with a contact or some future business or just, hey, simply knowing someone that I needed to know for any other reason. Yeah. Yeah. So, so tell me about this a little bit. One of the things that I think is interesting and that I've been kind of thinking about in uh, sort of network theory is, you know, the deep versus wide. So do I have a small group of contacts that I stay very close to? Do I have a large group that I, you know, kind of touch base with every once in a great while? Um, Where do you find that the highest percentage of your business actually comes from? I would say from a smaller type group of individuals. Now, when we say smaller, my definition of that could be 10 where someone else may say 20. Right. But I would say just having a smaller group of individuals that I touch base with on a regular um, has definitely helped. And a good example of that is something unique about Turntable is we have an advisory council. Um, and our advisory council 
they're just nine selected professionals in our community that I trust that I say, hey, um, I'm running into a brick wall. Can you help me? Um, those nine people that we selected have helped us along the way build mm-hmm. the company over time. Mm-hmm. And so I go to them. I'll go to their office. I'll say, hey, life is hard. Life is crazy. Please help. And they're right there to help. So that's a, an example of a small group, those nine people. Mm-hmm. Um, that help us. Another example would just be those young professionals that I just happen to see all the time that are just willing to help. Yeah. Um, I go to them a lot. I go, I, I tell you this, I'm not afraid to ask for help, not whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of feel like when I do say a small group of individuals that can help, I would say my small group might be 20 now that I think about it. It mm-hmm. may be 20 people that I see all the time, uh, those uh, council members that we put together that are helping. Uh, yeah, small group, 20 people, I think it's working out for us. Yeah, and, and really, um, and, and from that group, as far as the business that you do end up doing then, is it mostly directly for those people or is it more referrals from those people? It's referrals from those people, but yet that same group is, is having their own events and things like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. So, so tell me a little bit about, you know, when you think about the future, um, what do you what do you think of? Do you think of growing into, you know, a, a massive company of some kind or do you aspire? Like, what's your aspiration with the company? Yeah, yeah. So my head chef and I we talk about this all the time and we want um, a fleet of food trucks. Um, right now we're catering, getting our name out there, building the company. But through over the next, you know, two years, three years, we may pick up our first uh, food truck and or concession trailer. And then Mm -hmm. over time, we want to grow that into a fleet Mm -hmm. and just have them operating wherever they can, maybe have one or two traveling. Uh, That's how we see the company in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great. So um, who are some of your favorite authors, speakers, people that inspire you and help to guide you beyond, of course, just your, your local advisors there? Yeah. So um, right now, I would have to give credit to um, right now I'm watching a lot of Jay-Z documentaries and interviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm impressed. Um, I'm also going back and watching a lot of um, Bill Gates kind of interviews and things like that. Uh-huh. I'm impressed with him as well. Um, I'm also reading, um, I want to make sure I get the names. I just picked the book up. I heard it was like a best read, you must read. Um, make sure I get the, the name right. Sure. It is the uh, Phil Knight his book that he has oh what's it called he's the uh he's one of the early or was it the founder or was he one of the early guys at uh nike shoe dog right? that's what it's called shoe dog yep yeah that's what i'm reading right now okay okay so yeah. very good yeah excellent so um what you know for someone else who's looking to um start in the catering business yeah. Uh, you know, you've shared some really interesting insights as far as, um, you know, get a small group of people around you who can help you, um, you know, test out your product for free and, and learn what works. 
but what, what would be like the most important piece of advice that you could give for someone uh, kind of doing the same thing that you're doing? Baby steps. Oh, gosh. Don't rush. Don't overwhelm yourself. Baby steps. Like I say, turntable, mm-hmm. we've been an LLC for five years. But mm-hmm. the first three years, we researched, we traveled, we built a business plan. We didn't rush anything. Year four, gave away food for free. Year five, here we are, we're actually catering. Mm-hmm. I know the entrepreneurial spirit is to get out there and do it and figure it out as you go. That may work for some or all. Uh, but Jeff and I, we said, you know what? Baby steps. Because we also started this when we were in college. Right. So we had to put our education first. Yep. yep. But baby steps. I've, any entrepreneur out there, baby steps. Take it one step at a time. You will, you will crawl. You'll stand up. You'll walk. You'll fall. Get back up. Keep trying. Baby steps. That's the best advice. Yeah, yeah. That's, you know, that's so valid. Um, you know, I think it's so easy when you're trying to start something and – you know, you're curious, right? And so you see ads on the web and you're like, you know, you start getting all these emails saying, you know, you know, get up to six figures in six months or, you yeah. know, build a seven figure business, you know, in your sleep or whatever, uh, you know, and, <laughs> and the reality is that for most of us, um, you know, business, it usually takes some time. It usually takes some persistence and it's usually not, uh, you know, usually it's not a flash in the pan overnight success, right? So, right. Um, yeah, so that, you know, that thing of patience and of uh, doing it right, I think, is some great, really great advice. Um, all right, well, we're going to wrap up. Uh, where can people find you online? So feel free to add me on LinkedIn, Facebook, um, turntablellc.com. You can message us um, at that point. You can reach out. I'll respond as quickly as, quickly as I can. But uh, yeah, turntablellc.com. You can find me that way. DeAndre Wilson on Facebook, LinkedIn. Uh, feel free to reach out. All right. Well, thank you so much, DeAndre, for joining us today and um, kind of kicking off the, uh, the interview section of my podcast. Um, all right, guys, that is all for today. Catch you next time.